This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hello and welcome to Netflix, your weekly guide on what to binge this week. Barney Kinkle, the only person you're gonna scare is yourself! Charlie! What are you oh, doing? Keep the noise down. What are you doing here? Maze, just in time. There's a whole load of police here. Think they're worried you're gonna hurt yourself. How many children are you friends with? I'm Helen Daly. And I'm Callum Cromlish. And this week, it's all things food. Mm. Food is my favourite subject. I mean, it's everyone's favourite. So to celebrate the release of the Taco Chronicles, we're going to give you a taste of the best food shows Netflix has to offer. Did you just pun? Yes, you've done it. You finally brought me over to the dark side. (laughs) I can't cope with this. Let's (laughs) get on with the show. So I'm, I'm literally thinking about tacos right now. Um, yeah, I'm always thinking about tacos. Pork tacos, beef tacos, chicken tacos, tacos, what, tacos. What's the best taco? Uh, I'm partial to a chicken taco personally. It's a bit plain, but it's, it's you know, it's classic. You can't beat it. Beef, older. Mm. Yeah, love Every beef. Day. You know when you say taco so much that you think it's like not a word anymore? Yeah, but it is. It's a way of life <laughs> as well as a word. <laughs> and it's a new show. <laughs> yes. Did you see my segue? Um, yeah, so Netflix have just brought out the Taco Chronicles. Um, which, you know, we kind of know nothing about, but you don't really need to. It's about tacos. So, yeah, it's going to be like a docu-series about, you know, the different variety of varieties of tacos, you know, where they started from, how to make them, more importantly, and, you know, like the cultural importance of the taco. It's like actually a really important documentary about Mexico. <laughs> Do you think you will watch it? Yeah, absolutely. And this is really lame. Um, so, well, not really because of the subject matter, but I love like food history. Yeah, same. Like, when you watch shows like, oh, I can't even think of, you know, like um, when you watch um, Saturday Kitchen and stuff like that, they have the segment with the guy who like visits Italy and he talks about oh, like... Rick Stein. Yeah, yeah. And he talks yeah. about like the one food product and where it came from and it's like impact into culture like that's so interesting to me for some reason so the fact that I love tacos this much and that I'm going to get a history for it is even like it's 100% better and it looks really sweet like you just watch the trailer and all these people are just beaming (laughs) (laughs) just talking about tacos like I mean same like so relatable but yeah I mean we thought we'd do this podcast today because there is honestly a lot Mm. (laughs) of food documentaries out there and they're kind of great and people really love them so we thought we'd kind of give you guys a rundown on the best ones. The, you know, well, there's not really a bad one. Is no, there? there isn't. If you're into food and into TV, like this is this is perfect. Yeah. So I think the Taco Chronicles, you know, it's out on Friday. It's going to be literally mouthwatering. And, you know, the synopsis says, um, you know, men, many of the most popular taco styles have long, rich, little known histories. Explore them in this eye opening, mouthwatering food adventure. Perfect. And a food Great. adventure is what I want yeah. in Netflix. I don't know about you, but I always have dinner whilst eating a food show. You have to. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> like, that's the rule. That's the law. I'm glad it's not just me. It's like to make, like, your really sad beans on toast. Like, yeah. <laughs> you could just imagine that it tastes like this delicious Exactly, taco. yeah. Yeah, so what is your actual favorite food show on Netflix? Um, I'm really into Nailed It. Um, I wouldn't know if to... Okay, no, my favorite. Let's come back to Nailed It. My favorite at the moment is uh, The Chef Show. 
How do you know when that's done? I'm looking at the cheese, I'm looking at the bottom. I saw you and Chef making that grilled cheese sandwich. That's why I'm here. That's crazy. So much of our culture lives in our food. And if you ate something growing up and you have a taste for it, you seek it out, that's going to keep that alive. The food sticks with you. Thank you for having us in your kitchen. Which is with John Favreau. And uh, so John Favreau made that movie called The Chef. And oh, it was yeah, about yeah. his, he, you know, it's fictional and it's a character who decided to go make a food truck and go and sail, sail, drive around America and sell his food, right? Um, he did a lot of background research for that. He spoke to a lot of Michelin star chefs. They all taught him like a dish here and there. And this show, the chef show is him, John Favreau in real life, cooking and like with loads of stars and loads of Marvel Aww. stars and <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow's there and Tom Holland and Robert Downey Jr. And they're just like hanging out, cooking in his kitchen. And it's just so good. And like he gets a real film crew in there and there's these amazing shots of like grilled cheese, uh, you know, a cheese, a cheese, yeah, uh, know. <laughs> a cheese toasty to us, um, grilling on the, on the frying pan and just really good shots and it's really beautifully done. And it's, that's my favorite show at the moment. Is this the one you were telling me about the other day where literally like the, they cut the cheese open yeah. and just and squeeze it? And there's a slow-mo, <laughs> yeah, there's a slow-mo of the cheese being squeezed out. It's beautiful. I mean, fair enough. I mean, it sounds like really sweet as well. It sounds a bit like, you know, what we have over here, like James Martin's yeah. um, Saturday morning, like Very stuff similar. like that. Like, you know, the the chef and the guest really works because you get like a little bit of an insight into the guest yeah. in like a greater way than a sit down interview because, you know, that everyone feels at ease at the kitchen, you know. Of course, yeah. You'll always find me in the kitchen at parties, yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, I think that's that sounds like a really good one. And like, yeah, you, you've kind of mentioned it already. I think one of my favorites is Nailed It. Mm-hmm. Don't know how to do it. <laughs> oh my god. Two hours on the clock. Ten thousand dollars on the line. You better be ready. Cause I already started the clock. Get to bacon, go. Oh wow. It looks like it's alive. Can't forget the vodka. Ooh. Oh boy. It's very gooey. It's supposed to be. I think I've never had a cake pop. Okay, this is what you were trying to make. Let's see what you did. <laughs> oh, girl! <laughs> Should we taste this? <laughs> Let's see who nails it and who fails it. Let's do this. Let's go. So, for those that don't know Nailed It, I mean, what have you been doing with your life? Yeah. So, it's kind of like the Great British Bake Off, but for really, really terrible bakers. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> this is the kind of show I would have to go on if I were to yeah, go on a food show. I find it so relatable. So, they basically have to make... The most ridiculous cakes, mm. like not even just like a Victoria sponge, like they no, have no. to make like full on like shapes and so, uh, I everything. Think, I think there was like a movie week or something like that. And one of the tasks was make uh, like the Eiffel, uh, not the Eiffel Tower, uh, make the Empire State Building with the um, with King Kong's hand, like climbing up it or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and it's sure. like, how do you make that if you're like a professional baker, let alone these amateurs, you can't even make a flat cake. Yeah, they literally cannot make like a basic sponge. And the the things they come out with at the end is just utterly beautiful because they're terrible. They're so bad. Like, And some of them are barely edible as well. Oh, but they do like learn. Yeah, absolutely. Some of them really learn. <laughs> it's really strange and like really endearing because you see some people, because there are three challenges, right? Yeah. You see some people over the three challenges get exponentially better at baking just in those three challenges. They learn from both mistakes from the first two. <laughs> and by the third one, it's kind of edible. Are you hinting at a conspiracy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so like they're actually really great. Pretend to be rubbish. They're like, ringers. Gradually get a little bit better. And then at mm-hmm. the end, like swoop into that 10 grand prize. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then uh, 
I've forgotten the host's name, but she's wonderful. And there's a um, really excellent uh, head chef who joins in. And also they have a load of guest stars as well. They have famous people from movies and TV shows and stuff, which uh, really helps it along. Yeah, it's, God, a, it's one of those like really happy shows that you kind of just laugh at. You, mm. I've cried. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course I have. I've cried. And um, yeah, you're probably not going to want to eat them. So it's probably for the best Like mm-hmm. if you're on a diet or something nailed it on because you you don't want to eat those creations i honestly think this is like peak this is like peak food tv it, sh- it shows you how like you can make a reality show out of almost anything and it's still good because it's got this tv backstory to it uh, this food backstory to it it's just really good well, I, I might rewatch it <laughs> it's in a similar vein to the great british bake-off which yeah. i believe is on netflix and it's definitely on yeah. the us netflix it's, it's on ours i yeah. think yeah, yeah i'm pretty sure it is yeah. so obviously if you haven't seen Great British Bake Off. Um, You know, it starts off with the Queen, Mary Berry, Uh and Paul Hollywood uh, judging (laughs) a baking competition. But these ones can bake. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. They're like, are they semi uh, semi pros or something like that? Or some of them are just very, very good amateurs. Yeah. It started off as home bakers, but they're like very good. Yeah. Extremely good to the point that like they may as well be professionals. Mm -hmm. Like some of them have had training. But yeah, it doesn't really matter. It's just about finding like the best non professional baker. And yeah, it's hosted initially by Mel and Sue. And yeah, it's a marathon. Mm-hmm. It's literally a marathon. It's over like, what, 12 weeks? Yeah, something like 10 that. 10 weeks, 12 weeks. And every week there's a new challenge. So one week could be the bread um, bread week. Yeah, they do bread. It's baking. Bread. They do like a bread week. They do a Victoria sponge week. They do a week that, which has just got a theme. And the theme pastry is... Pastry week. Yeah, pastry week. And sometimes they have themes that are just like, oh, you know, the secret garden or something. So then they'll make like a secret garden, like persona on top of this enormous cake it's amazing well, they have like portrait week yeah like oh yeah of course yeah make their face out of like a gingerbread oh, that's really good <laughs> i really enjoyed that i mean those ones yeah you're gonna want to eat them and mm. but more so than anything i think it's really good at telling mm, like human stories um in like a very very simple way like mm-hmm. it's not like x factor where you're gonna like get a sob story thrown at you you just gradually learn more about people and you actually care about them like norman yeah remember him of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> the scottish guy who oh was like goodness. actually quite terrible but yeah. then like came into his own when it was shortbread week <laughs> like he was Gosh. just waiting for that week i love like the renaissance you get from each person like they're like look i'm, I'm a bad baker but if you want to you want me to make a pastry like i'm your golden god and then yeah, they come yeah. in on pastry week and just floor it and it's the best and then, thing like, ever win the show <laughs> yeah it's so good and yeah like you said there's no sub story up front or anything and they take their time with it as well you might not learn about one of the contestants until episode six or seven and then you you hear about this horrible thing that they've been through in their life and they've overcome all these challenges and you're like oh my god and they're so nice and humble and uh, all these things and it's just done really well and really delicately and it's just so good and of course it is as well high drama oh high drama do you remember the uh, baked alaska uh, i was honestly just gonna bring up bingate <laughs> so for anyone never who forget. hasn't seen bingate that was where ian <laughs> never forget was making what was it like a sesame ice cream yeah that was never gonna freeze anyway but someone diana <laughs> is alleged to have removed it <laughs> from the fridge not princess diana a contestant named diana uh, yes <laughs> very different yeah she is thought to have moved it from the fridge even though she said she didn't video proof diana the we ice saw cream, it happen <laughs> the ice cream All right? did not set the baked alaska fell apart and ian put it in the bin Mm-hmm. and served up a bin yeah. <laughs> to mary and paul who were just like right <laughs> well then and then he got kicked out was it that week yeah of course he yeah, did yeah of course he did because like if he just put a sloppy mess on the table then fine 
Yeah. That's what Paul said to me. I remember distinctly, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Paul said to him, like, if you would have put a really, you know, a melted baked Alaska on, we would have praised you for this or that or whatever. But the fact you've given us a bin, it's just, you're out, mate. <laughs> yeah. So honestly, like, if you if you haven't watched Bake Off, if you have watched it, like, thankfully, Netflix have got it. You can binge it at your pleasure. And I also, because I didn't even see, like, the first two seasons mm, no, no, until, no. like, it came on Netflix. So, yeah, you can go back and watch the old ones mm-hmm. and catch up with Binget and then catch up with the new hosts as well. Yes. So, Noel and Sandy. Noel and Sandy, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you like your British cooking shows, I can't recommend The Trip enough. Have okay. you seen it? I have not. Right. So this actually, like, if it wasn't BAFTA award winning, it was nominated. Okay. So this was with Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon, and they went on, like, basically a car journey around uh, the north of England, and then they went around Italy. Mm-hmm. And it's, and they're just, they're just themselves. Like, they're both naturally funny guys, obviously. Um, and they just taste food. <laughs> oh, so it's not like a movie or anything. It's literally just them hanging out eating no, food. Yeah. It's not even like a sitcom. It's it's so bizarre. Like okay. it, it's quite jarring to get into it because you're expecting obviously you're expecting Alan Partridge mm. and you're expecting Britain. Yeah, yeah. But you just get the actors. So they're fine. they're quite funny blokes as well, like generally as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're naturally so very funny. And um yeah, they just they're also very different. So right. yeah, there's like a little bit of a class difference. Mm-hmm. There's a taste difference, definitely. And they go to, like, honestly, like, the nicest places that, like, you know, anyone could go to. It's not, like, exclusive. And they just sit and discuss food and life and, like, philosophy and stuff. And it's really sweet. It's genuinely very sweet and um, beautiful as well. You know, you get, like, really nice shots. And, uh, okay, I, you've, <laughs> yes. uh, you've like stunned me with that. I didn't know, again, I didn't know it existed. I'm going to hit that. It's right up your street. Yeah, and it's absolutely. right up anyone who's kind of like a fan of a fly on the wall, mm. kind of sitcom documentary. Yeah. As I said, it's it's very weird. It's hard to kind of pinpoint if it is scripted or not. It right. probably is a little bit, but it doesn't feel it. Mm. Like it, it is very good. That sounds in style a little bit similar to The Chef Show. Yeah. Uh, a bit of fly on the wall, bit of chit chat here and there. You don't know if it's scripted, but there are good plot, uh, good um, plot points, good uh, conversation points. Okay, great. That's put that on the list. That's going to be going to be this weekend for me. Yeah, and um, if you finally, you know, we had to discuss one of the great unsung heroes of Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't even know where you're going with this. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't heard of the greatest competition that has ever been seen on TV, then honestly, what are you doing? What are you about to say? I don't know. I'm really in the dark. <laughs> Barbecue Pitmasters. Okay, okay. I may have seen this. <laughs> yeah. So this is basically like America to a T. This is like meat and fire. Yeah, I have seen this. And men. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and they, they compare how they cook all these different steaks or uh, these big racks of ribs and stuff. And yeah, It's I'm literally well just it. to become like the barbecue master. And they, honestly, it's just so bizarre yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't think it made me hungry but like there's a lot of meat and flames it's like a different kind of cooking isn't it it's yes. not it's not delicate and it's not reserved. refined no they chuck it in that fire and they slather it in barbecue <laughs> sauce and that's it you just you eat it which like legit is what i want like yeah, yeah i want yeah. that more than like the most beautiful like creme brulee yeah <laughs> well that's not, okay let's not... <laughs> that's the most refined my northern self can get <laughs> The girl, yes, the creme brulee, the tip, tippy top the, the of, creme of uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is like if you know, if you want a bit of fun, it yeah. is fun. It's funny. It's very, very masculine. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, it's it's a very tense competition, to be fair. It's one of those that you're just going to sit and binge through straight away. Well, if there are two things in this world I am, it's fun and masculine. So I'm looking forward to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, in a new segment this week, mm-hmm. <laughs> we are going to discuss the latest Netflix news. Mm-hmm. So, to start with, I thought we'd discuss the movers and shakers mm-hmm. um, on Netflix. The big news this week is that Friends is going, going, gone. Yeah, as of 2020, right? So, we have a yeah. bit of time to rewatch it again. It's enough time. <laughs> again. Um, yeah, I'm not... We're not surprised, I guess, because there, were, there was word that CBS... Um, is it CBS or NBC? At Warner. Is it Warner? Don't they on CBS? Anyway, we heard rumblings that they were going to get put onto a different streaming service because obviously everyone's got their own streaming service now. Uh, so obviously they're going to the Warner streaming service, which is sad because we're not going to be able to watch Friends anymore. But um, that's it. It's just sad. <laughs> <laughs> There's no redeeming. No. I think it's sad because it's just come on. Yeah. Like it, was it last year? Yeah, it must have been early before? this year, last year, early last year maybe. It was, yeah. yeah, it's not been on very long and it was a massive hit and mm. it must have, you know, kind of racked up a lot of money for Netflix. Remember the, there were those few months where the Friends memes were big and the whole internet was just talking about Friends again. Yeah, like kids had just discovered yeah. Friends for the first In time. In fact, actually, I had a genuine situation where I walked into my living room, my niece, my nine-year-old niece was watching Friends. I was like, oh, what are you watching? She's like, oh, this new show, Friends. <laughs> new show. I, just, I died a little bit no but like that's what you want yeah like, yeah it absolutely. needs to be accessible because it is you know obviously a, a great sitcom and it paved the way for so many more of course you know we wouldn't have the big bang theory stuff like that without friends mm-hmm. and i think it is a great shame that it's kind of left the most popular streaming service for that very reason yeah it's um it's gonna be a big loss but i guess with the amount that netflix are bringing out nowadays they're bringing out their own little sitcoms, yeah, exactly. sitcoms here and there although not as you know not nine seasons worth in one go but they do doing... get stuff like afterlife exactly um that sort of can fill that gap so yeah sad but okay it is what it is at this point <laughs> okay love love Island. Island. <laughs> <laughs> and but in better news okay this is what i'm on about <laughs> glee is on glee is on helen glee is back <laughs> oh my god we watched I mean, it's not back but it's on I mean, it's, we watched something the other day and then it was like oh you liked this you must like glee and we were like ex, ex well, freaking we, excuse we me like yeah glee. okay great so that's now it's happening we're like two episodes in it's a really bold move to bring glee back because yeah. it has like faced a lot of criticism in its mm. past i think it's really good that glee's being brought back because i think it'll have a friends effect you know lots yeah. of people are going to be discussing it and well there's all those little nuances in every episode because the episode's are like 45 minutes long you know like half an hour 45 Is minutes it? long yeah yeah um because uh, it used to be on E4 and it had like four breaks in it, so it was super long. Uh, but there are always, always those good moments where, uh, like, remember? Do you remember um, what's his name? Jesus. Remember the grilled grilled Jesus? Oh, that was yes, it. Yeah, it was Jesus. Jesus in the grilled cheese. Loads of really good, stupid <laughs> moments in that show. That and like, heartwarming, like social course, yeah, issues yeah. and stuff. And, like it tackles a lot of big social issues. And mm. It's really, really like ahead of its time a little bit, uh, considering it was aimed at like kids. I um, honestly walked past someone the other day who was having a debate <laughs> with their <laughs> friend about whether it was acceptable in 2019 to like Glee. I mean, yeah. Yes, it is. I think so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like uh, all of the uh, all of the controversies aside or whatever, it's like a good show. It tackles like hard-hitting stuff. It basically teaches you to not be a bad person. It's, yeah, I'm into it. Let's all re-watch Glee. <laughs> and the songs are great. And the songs are great, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was just wondering, um, you know, thoughtful question of the day. Mm. Are there now too many streaming services in light of friends leaving? Okay, I'm going to say yes. Because also uh, late this year, early next year, we're getting Disney Plus, right? Mm. Um, And I love Disney. I love Disney so much. I own many, many DVDs, many, many 
of all of the Disney paraphernalia, but I'm not going to pay like another 10, 11 pounds per month just to watch Disney stuff when I have yeah. like half the DVDs. And even if I didn't, I think it's just, I've got Netflix, I've got Amazon. That's still like 20 quid a month I'm paying for yeah. just watching TV. If I wanted to do more, I would buy Sky or Virgin or any Sky other. Sky is still probably what, double that again? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's so a lot of money. I'm not going to do it. Like, it's, and it's, it's a bit, it's a bit annoying. It's irritating. I'd rather everyone just, everyone be in the same house, please. Yeah, like I feel like everyone would make a lot of money if mm. they just stayed in one place. Like splitting it is just splitting the market completely yeah. from a feel, business point of view. And I feel um, Netflix and Amazon are kind of, in my opinion, doing it right at the moment because even though they've got their own, you know, Netflix has Friends and Amazon has like had the original Lucifer and it's got Supernatural and stuff like that. They're still making their own shows. You know, yeah. Netflix has got all these shows coming out every month. Uh, Amazon's catching up very quickly, and that had Good Omens, which was enormous last mm. month. Um, but you know, when Disney Plus comes out, it's going to have a couple of its own shows. But other than that, you're just going to be—it's going to be riding on the coattails of the shows that have been, or the movies that have been coming out for the past like fifty years. Yes, yeah, so the big thing with Disney is Marvel, right? Yeah, exactly. So they're going to be getting Loki, and they're going to be hopefully getting a Falcon show. But they're going to be ten episodes each, once a year, perhaps. Like, I'm not going to. What's the point in that at that well, stage? I mean, as well, if you think about it, the you know the Marvel shows that were on Netflix didn't really take off. No, they, they didn't. all got cancelled very quickly. Yeah, but they were consistent, and I feel they had a decent enough budget that they got a good following. Um, but also, I feel like a lot of people just kind of had Netflix at that point, and then Marvel happened, and yeah. it was like, great, well, I'm sticking to Netflix. If it just well, DC is a perfect example. DC have recently brought out the DC Universe. You know that thing. It's basically their own Netflix, and they've brought out four shows: um, Titans, Young Justice, Swamp Thing, and uh, Doom Patrol. And all of them have tanked pretty much because no one's paying for DC Universe just for those four shows when yeah. they're coming out once every four months. And it's what's the point? Uh, so they're already talking about like putting them over to Netflix and stuff. And we saw Titans come out on Netflix in the beginning of the year. So it's a bit like, why bother if you're going to eventually sub them out to other streaming services? It doesn't make sense. Obviously the issue is money. And it's like, Mm. if, if they wanted it to be successful, why not, you know, you know, sell the rights to Netflix, but then do an, I don't know, like a a Marvel add on, yeah, of course, like an extra three quid a month or something. Mm -hmm. And then you get all of the Marvel stuff, then do like a DC add on. Mm -hmm. So then like, you know, People like me aren't suffering through it because, you know, it's not really my cup of tea. But then there's people like you who really want to see it all, but yeah. also want your Netflix subscription. Exactly. And I'm in a really lucky position because of uh, being pressed. We can just sort of get stuff um, early and, you know, through DC Universe and stuff like that. So, like, I've sort of coped that way. And I have friends who have paid for it and I've watched it around their houses and stuff. But, like, it, I'm never going to pay for it. And I'm like a diehard fan, you know. Yeah. It's, it's a very odd position everyone's being put in. I don't like it, Helen. I'd rather watch Nailed <laughs> no. It. No. <laughs> and um, finally, uh, Netflix US on Twitter posted that Stranger Things 3 has broken Netflix's streaming record. Are we surprised? I, I mean, was a little. going to say, are we surprised? Yeah, I mean, Stranger Things 1 was like groundbreaking. Stranger Things 2 was good, but not as good. And Stranger Things 3 was excellent, absolutely excellent. But I'm really stunned by like the the numbers that it brought in, you know? Um, yeah, so they're saying that um, 40.7 million household accounts have been watching uh, Strange Things since its July 4 global launch, more than any other film or series in its first four days, and 18.2 million have already finished it. I mean, that's ridiculous. We're on July 10th right now or so, uh, as of recording, and that's a lot of people, 40.7 million, 40. million households in six days. If you think about, you know, British TV, what, maybe Strictly's? Sure. 
the only one that's going to like match it. And that mm. only gets, you know, tops 11 million. Yep. Like this is a huge That's unbelievable. Audience. And I guess, yes, it is US, but so big for the US. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I'd be interested to see the breakdown across yeah. the world. But, you know, it has it has been getting a lot of attraction and, you know, maybe this kind of will get more seasons. I think they'll do one more. Yeah. And that'll be it, I'm hoping. I mean, if you haven't already heard that our podcast last yeah, it's week. Really, <laughs> it's, it's maybe our best work. <laughs> Actually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us on our, I'm going to say it, delicious episode about <laughs> the best food shows on Netflix. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, comment, and tell your friends about us. Join in with the debate on Twitter at NetflixPod, where we'll be teasing details of our next episode. Yep, so next week it's our big film special and we've got Stefan back to discuss all the hottest Netflix films you absolutely can't miss. And we'll be here to give you our best finds which are perfect for the Lazy Saturday. So join us next week for all the details. Callum, I'm now starving. Can we go grab food? Go to Nando's. (laughs) 